Hey everybody and welcome to the Fathoming Heavy Podcast. Man, it's been a while. How are you guys doing? I hope hope people are okay. Uh, I am okay. It's been quite a year, quite an experience. Um, 2021 is not starting off a whole lot better than 2020 ended, um, but I'm feeling like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. can barely see it. It's a ways off, but I, th- I think we're going to get there. Um, but what a trip, man! I uh, I miss uh, I miss music. I miss my community. I miss my friends. And uh, yeah, I just haven't. You know, like I said the last time, it's it's uh, sometimes it's hard to to get behind this mic and to do this thing. There's so much else going on, um, and there you know there's there's so many podcasts and there's so much content right now. Um, I question you know is there still a need for this and and who knows? But uh, but I think recently I've been realizing that. Uh, it gives me, you know, this gives me the opportunity to check in with people, to connect with folks, and um, I realize how important that is for me and how much I've taken that kind of thing for granted over the years. So so I felt like jumping back in and doing this this time, and I hope it won't be quite so long until uh, the next time. So my guest today is actually uh, the entire band Fister, uh, all three members, uh, Kenny Snarzik, Marcus Newstead, Kirk Gatterer. Um, this kind of goes against what my traditional format has been. You know, I sit down with people one-on-one and kind of get their stories and talk about how heavy music has impacted their lives. And, you know, I try and stay away from, uh, talking about specific or, or using this as sort of a promotional vehicle for, for upcoming records or tours or events and that kind of thing. And we get into all of that, you know, in every episode pretty much, but that's not the purpose of this. Um. But I saw a, a post on Facebook uh, about a live stream event that Fister's putting together. It's going to be on January 24th, and it's called Video Death. And it looked like it was going to be pretty spectacular. And so I sent Kenny a text, and I know I, he and I have texted back and forth over the last year throughout the pandemic, you know, here and there, just kind of checking in. And I said, hey, what do you think about you know, sitting down and actually talking about this thing you've got coming up. And he said, well, why don't we, you know, why not have the whole band? And I said, sure, let, you know, let's do that. So, so we sit down and uh, we talk about what the pandemic has been like for them as people, uh, for them as a band. We talk a lot about this live stream. It does sound like it is going to be a, a pretty big deal and you can get tickets, um, you can get tickets, you can get shirts, long sleeve shirts, uh, they're doing a Blu-ray, all of that. Um, look on their Facebook, uh, that'll take you to where you can get all that stuff. And uh, so we talk a lot about that. Um, we talk a little bit about a specific song on their covers record, which came out a couple of years ago, um, called uh, Decade of Depression, and it takes its rightful place in the pantheon of celebratory decade records like Neil Young's Decade, Slayer's Decade of Aggression, Motley Crue's Decade of Decadence, um, so it's right up there. And if you haven't heard that record, definitely check that out. Doing this, you know, via Zoom is hard. It's hard one-on-one. It's especially hard with multiple people. There's a lot of, you know, talking over each other, that kind of thing. Um, so I stay pretty quiet during this episode. You know, I steer it here and there, but this is really about them and, uh, you know, hearing about what they've been up to. So so that's what you're going to get. Um, and this live stream, this stream thing is going to be awesome. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, and like I told them in the episode, you know, I've paid for a handful of these live stream events during the pandemic, and there's something very cool um, about them. It's, 
it's different than just watching a, a concert video on YouTube. There's something about, you know, they're done knowing the audience is watching from home. They're doing it because they miss playing and we're watching because we really miss going to shows. So um, if you have time, you can you can stream it as it's as it's happening. You can uh, watch it later. Get the Blu-ray. Watch the Blu-ray. It's going to be great. There's been a lot of talk about how to support bands and artists during this thing. So, you know, find those ways. Do it. Everyone needs to be here when this thing is done. Um, so, hopefully it won't be too long till you hear from me again. If you've got anything to say to me, you can find me on the socials. You can email me at fathomingheavy at gmail.com. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay upright, stay sane. Let's do it. I live in Richmond Heights, which is, I guess, three miles from the city limits. It's just outside. It's people, I think people like from outside the area would call it the city, but it's technically not. I live really close to my bar, which is like exactly three blocks from the city limits. Um, yeah, you're still in the St. Louis metro area. My my, I think my license still says St. Louis, were, but it's technically. If Richmond. you were, yeah, if you were to write a letter to you, yeah. your address, and put St. Louis instead of Richmond Heights, the letter would still get there. Right. So, how are things out there right now? How, how have you guys been during this whole experience, the past ten months? Ups and downs. <laughs> You know, I mean, things are pretty decent right now. I think, you know, all things considered, you know, my restaurant is not open right now. So we're just doing a lot of construction and trying to make things to where we can do some like serious outdoor stuff in the spring until, you know, enough people can get vaccinated. I, yeah, uh, we're, not, we're not having like the, the problems like California's having right now because it's, right. you know, like you got, are you guys locked down officially or? I mean, it's, Yes, officially, but what does that actually mean? This yes, it right, for sure. For I sure. mean, it was it was a lockdown back in in March. I mean, it was you know mm -hmm. everything closed, and then they started slowly kind of reopening things. That's um, what happened here too. Yeah. You know, right now we've got a lot of sort of non-essential retail that's open in a limited capacity, um, mm -hmm. but I think all all dining is closed except for takeout. I mean, they had, they had outside seating open for a while and then they closed that down. And I think, I think all of that's except for takeout. I think all restaurants are closed. Um, you know, here in the Bay area, we're not, there has been an increase, but it's nothing compared to what's going on in Southern California, Southern California, yeah. where things have just gone off the rails again. Um, I you know, feel like as far as COVID precaution goes, I feel like, 
St. Louis and say San Diego have a very similar approach and it's very like, yeah, yeah we should be careful. And I feel and, like LA proper to same thing. What's that? I feel like LA proper to sort of the same thing. For sure. Like, for sure. It's Angeles. kind of like they know they should be careful and it's like, Oh yeah, we should be careful. Right. Totally. As they like walk into a gas station with, with their mask around their chin or something. Yeah, totally. you know, a lot of frustrating people that I don't think are necessarily like I, I don't run into many anti-maskers, but I think I, I do run into a lot of like accidental like lax maskers mm -hmm. and like you know like we're all pretty is huge in St. Louis that it, it should be the uh, the gateway to complacency should which is what the arch should be called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I know that um, that Kenny, your bar had to close. And what, I mean, what's been your situation, Marcus, since uh, all this stuff started? Well, I worked at a, so I'm out of work. Uh, back in March, the restaurant that me and my uh, fiance actually both worked at, like a lot of places had like a mint, like a voluntary shutdown. The city had some ordinances and we shut down at, for two months, we, uh, we were closed. Opened back up, we went back to work one day Mm. weren't ready uh the place wasn't ready it's just it didn't go very well and, and uh just didn't get asked back um which i mean you know i don't want to like i'm not like a hardcore zealot as far as like coronavirus stuff goes like i've been doing my part being safe you know i don't go to bars i don't you know i wear my mask everywhere wash my hands that kind of shit don't hang out with people don't you know whenever we have band practice we wear masks so like it was just we had questions and shit and it just became like a sort of an inconvenient thing and kind of just got slow rolled out of the job. Uh, and then just haven't had got, I mean, haven't gotten back to work yet. Just kind of like seeing where unemployment has been supportive for a lot of people where I'm no stranger to that. Like we had to do that, both of us, but I mean, we're very grateful and very lucky that we were able to get hooked up with that. So that's what it's been. It's just been downtime and trying to take it seriously. We have, susceptible people we care about the whole band does and if that's been the main focus is just trying to like let's just get through it and and see it through the other side without having to put anybody at risk if we can you know and it's not been super hard but it's been it's been challenging in a lot of ways but yeah we we just went from working all the time 50 45 50 hours a week to nothing wow. you know and now we're both, I mean, on the verge of, of starting new careers, which is, I mean, I, one of the things that I, that I've sort of kind of come to believe through all this and uh, it's really fucking dark for me to even think about it, but if it weren't for all the death, this, this has been a pretty cool year for me. Mm. You know, you have to, you, you got to take yourself out of the equation and think of everybody else, you know? So I, it's, it's just been really hard, but it's, it's, it's led us, led us to new careers, which, I'm thankful for, I mean, change is something hard to come by and, and it kind of forced us to change, which was a good thing. What's what, you know, if it was at the expense of, of one person dying, it wouldn't be worth it to go about it that route is kind of what I'm trying to say. So it's been, it's been a weird sort of depressing. Anytime something positive happens, I, I get like backtracked a tad and be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Also people are fucking dying like crazy, you know? So it's, it's really hard to come up with good things, but it, doing good things has been or, or you know thinking good about what what is going on is that's been my main task man just trying to do that 
like I said, changing careers is I'm, I'm in the middle of that right now too, which I'm very excited about that sort of long-term stuff, which is kind of cool. One effect man. Pardon? I said you get, you have some things in motion for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really. I mean, once, uh, it, it sort of coincides with, uh, things going back to normal, it'll be involved. You know, I'll be more involved with, with, with it when, whenever things get back to normal. So it gave you, it sounds like, I mean, I get what you're saying about every, every positive thing that's happened. Uh, you know, there's going to be an asterisk next to it, you know, because of all of the awfulness that's come with it. But, um, it makes total sense to, on one hand, take a minute to kind of reflect and say, this gave me the opportunity to rethink this. This gave me a minute this gave me some time to pause and kind of recalibrate and reprioritize things and really think about what I've been doing and where I want to go. It makes total sense to take something, something, we have to take something away from this whole experience. For sure. Small victories, man. I mean, that's yeah. all we can really, really, really do at this point until, until vaccination is commonplace. Uh, that's what we're, that's the life we live. And I mean, you can, I'm really doing a good job of, of not letting the depression take over just by, you know, staying focused and staying, keeping the future in mind and not, and not sort of living in the present or living in the near, in the, in the, you know, in the, the near present is what I, I like to call things. You know, the present's always going to happen at some point. It happens every second of every day, but with the near present of, you know, vaccinations getting rolling and people sort of becoming more comfortable with the idea of it and seeing that it's, I think overall people's mood can start to go up eventually sooner than later i think and i think that's sort of that coincides being like i'm in another band too and that's been i mean been busy with that too just being constantly keeping my brain not thinking about it i have a relatively small circle of people i keep around so it's not like i'm missing out super terribly much i mean i'm not a super social creature i've learned that through all this not being a super social creature i like talking with my friends and like i i've noticed that the time that i spend with the people that that i like the most has been a little more cherished. It means a little more now, like sort of like the connections that you have with who's like, oh yeah, like I'm going to text this person and I have no reason not to because I'm not at work. I, I know they're not working. Like it's sort of like, you sort of have no excuse not to sort of build yourself up and sort of kind of combat combat those things with, with I mean, it takes, those are things that it takes little to no, like low energy to do. And that's something that I've kind of, I've sort of kind of, enjoyed uh to help myself remain positive through all this right remembering the importance of just those types of connections and keeping idle hands yeah. in motion right still still sticking to routines not letting not letting the not not letting the routine of not having a routine take over still do things normally like i get dressed every day which is nice you know i, yeah. I still put which is like i mean I, I a lot of people i know are just like oh man i wasn't even getting dressed there for a while i was like i got dressed every day it's just because i don't know if it helped me think about it more or if it helped me feel normal or i really i'm not sure but it's just like something that i it was one of my little small things and it sort of like hacked away at it and a lot of weed too i'll be honest oh, okay. with you <laughs> i'll be real honest with you yeah man anything anything that gets you through the day and uh, your good old music disappears. You establish new routines. And uh, a lot of good music came out this year too, to to soften the blow too, which is the least you can do to make you know it kills an hour or two out of your day when you listen to a record two or three times to like oh shit this record's good new record came out and you kind of get into it yeah 
that's something, man. That's, you know, that's a little bit of relief. I think that's, that's another positive thing you can latch onto. That was really fortunate. A lot of good music this year. What have you guys been doing um, as a band? How, how have, how have you kind of approached this whole situation of not being able to, I'm assuming not being able to get together as regularly or as closely as before, of course, no touring. Have you been writing or what has Fister been doing? Uh, man, well, we got off tour in November, 2019. How many days was it, Kenny? 24 days? Um, that tour was almost 30. I could be wrong, but it was a, it was a, we're gone for the majority of us. I mean, we don't normally stay out for a month. It was, I think it's like 28. Got back from that tour and we, we have, we, we had just put out that cover record and Mm -hmm. played like 50 shows, like on top of that cover record. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't written any new material for like three years. So, we came off that tour. We, and we, wrote, we, we did No Spirit Within and then and then like almost immediately started on a cover. We went on two, we, that, well, that year was going to be a short well, year. Yeah, yeah we, we toured on No Spirit Vegas. Within. And then, yeah, we essentially went into cover record mode and then... Uh, Just straight into it. We did that tour, but then like right after the tour, I don't remember if we talked about it during the tour at all or if it was like shortly after we decided hey, let's lay low 20, 2020. We changed, well, we didn't change, we changed booking agencies, I guess. Yeah, but it was still Ethan. I mean, that no, didn't... I'm talking, I'm, I'm going back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2016 or 2017. We changed booking agencies to Ethan for Ethan to start booking our stuff. And whenever he took over, he just had us like on relentless for us, like knowing what our schedules are. Yeah. For us, it was like really like a lot of a lot of touring for for our availability. I mean, like as a band, we're very active. We get together at least once a week. Like mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, we take the holidays are really hard, and really it's only Christmas time and Thanksgiving time every year. If we're not, because usually November is we tour, and then we get off a tour, then it's Thanksgiving, and then December we maybe practice once. And December, if we don't have a show, unless we have a show coming up, then we have regular practice. We sort of just we. We are always hibernate for the holidays for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And Normally. Then, we didn't this year though. Of all we years. played shows on Christmas Day though, too. I mean, it's just we are an active band unless otherwise noted. I think you could almost always assume we've got something cooking. But like I said, we were coming off that tour. We hadn't written anything in three years. We were like, Well, we toured a shitload this year. Let's take, you know, this next year off. Let's not do any let's maybe play one show locally maybe or two shows no, we're talking about doing two to three being really mysterious you know with what we were working on um mm-hmm. getting idealistic with you know re- with record new record concepts we're still talking about every day i can't that isn't you know there's not a couple weeks goes by and something will work something on something and then you know it might not even ever get used but the brain the brain stew is always tr- always turning whenever it comes to that but we we were fully prepared to not go on tour we're like we're gonna save money we're gonna do this you know we're gonna just you know we're, we're gonna like and i hate to abuse the term but we we're gonna hunker down we were gonna not we were both people. we were both working a lot too and i remember like, we were I, like I was like yeah the baseball season's coming up because because my old job was right by the ballpark and I, it was gonna be busy I was like you know baseball season's coming up i'm you know we're gonna have not gonna go on tour we're just gonna practice once a week we're gonna write stuff 
mm-hmm. we were like fully prepared to write like a double LP. You know, we had we had these grandiose ideas, and then we got asked to play uh, this local venue's farewell show, which was like mid February. Yeah, two weeks a week that after that. Big show, yeah. A week after that, my other band played um, a Stray Rescue, Pet Stray Rescue benefit where we did a Pink Floyd cover set. Is that Daybringer? Yeah. Okay. And then three weeks after that. You guys were great, by the way. It was awesome. Also, I don't know. I was hammered, but. (laughs) I've heard stories. My mom and dad saw Pink Floyd at Soldier's Field in 1977, and my dad said it was, I mean, I, I was also pretty high, but. He uh, he enjoyed it. Yeah, we, we you guys we, blew my we, head we, open, man. Like well, that and all the drinking, but yeah, was, you guys were was, awesome. You guys were great. <laughs> it was fun. So three weeks after that, I mean, COVID's in the U.S. Mm-hmm. One week after that, restaurants are done. Kenny and Kenny's place shuts down. My place that I work at shut down, and then we didn't. I mean, I didn't touch a guitar for two weeks, probably. And then yeah, I we went, all really kind of locked down we didn't do shit i played guitar the last day the last day before lockdown i played guitar with some of my guys in daybringer and then the next day no work schedule for the foreseeable future and then that was march 17th i went to the band practice space on the 12th of april to get my guitar that's how long i went almost a month without touching my guitar and then we talked we moved practice spaces in the same building to a larger room that was in june and we still weren't practicing together it was in no we moved in may you sure may 1st i know it was june first no it was june first because it had been a few months our first david first practice was june like i think 23rd and then fister got together like me and kirk got together like one-on-one a couple times i think before that maybe Mm. Yeah. And then we didn't get together for a while, for like the whole month of July, maybe, or August. And then like maybe September is when we started jamming. I hadn't seen Kirk, I think, face-to-face, like in, in the flesh for like six months. I yeah, think. It, was, it was a long time. And you were, you, you were working from home, what, for like two weeks, and then they pulled you back in? Yeah, probably three-ish weeks to a month, yeah. Essential? Yeah, I feel <laughs> it. You're in healthcare. Yeah, I'm a nurse. Yeah, we can clear that up. We, me and Kenny, took some pot shots as to what you're exactly yeah, and what you do earlier. Yeah, he works. Like, yeah, he sits at a desk. I think There's now. Scrubs a lot. Yeah, scrubs. It's that. Yeah, I I run the medical assistant team in a primary care practice. About a thousand times more team. important than what I I said. We knew you were in charge of some people. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys took a lot of time off, and then you, did I hear you say it was around September you started figuring out ways to practice together again? It might have been. Those, guys, those guys were writing stuff. Okay. Yeah, we, I, I got a recording setup, uh, like a home demo recording setup, little interface, and uh, bought a refurbished laptop, you know, and sort of kind of crash course myself and had to demo stuff and then just wrote like three just banged out three demo sit down and i i don't i'm not a drummer but i programmed the drums before everything i wrote riffs to the drums that worked a couple times before back in the day so i i threw a little <laughs> bit just to sort of get the ideas going and and a couple of a couple of idea ideas are pretty cool mm-hmm. uh kirk and i kind of worked through one we we sort of we recorded did some we did live bass on it sort of kind of like collabed on it we we were tossing these files back and forth 
so much. I feel like there had to be some kind of digital convolution. We were doing that before we started getting together live. Yeah, and then it was just like, got started playing, you know, getting old stuff back out of the head. You know, we didn't really have like any agenda. Well, me and you would, me and you would start jamming those first few times just to run over old stuff, and then we. That's just yeah, because we haven't practiced in months, so we're just like, hey, let's try to. I I like was having trouble. Like, have you ever like had trouble actually visualizing or saying words to a song or 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 like a line from a movie or just someone someone's like last name or birthday or something and until you just start to say it then it all comes out that's how i felt with the music like i was like i would don't even know if i'll be able to play this if i start doing it and then i start and then it all starts coming back the muscle memory is there there's a lot of you know, re, you know these songs we played hundreds and hundreds of times there's a lot of mental fog just from like you know fuck you know you think the fucking world might be ending because of a virus and then you just like my riffs are the last thing on my mind for a couple weeks. I think one of the first times we got together, me and you like played all the way through IV. We did something like that. We yeah. we played through like we played through like so much stuff. We played yeah, we through like, almost everything, everything. we had. Just back, just what we could of it. We were going, we were digging deep on some of that, and it and it just like came back. So, you know, we're not the kind of band that's gonna record ourselves in our rooms playing, you know, stuff. You know, we still would find a way to be safe and get together. Like the, I, I didn't play through. You know, like I said, I didn't play through a loud amp for like three months. It was fucking crazy. It was weird, just to not have that. I don't know if my body is just used to getting pummeled by frequencies all the time, but it was just weird, like not feeling that. And and so we got together just to knock the cobwebs off, and then it just sort of routine, regular band practice sort of started happening again. So how often are you getting together now? all like since the live <laughs> i mean the live stream thing uh we got approached to, to put that together like the uh the sort of idea of how we're gonna do that like we just you know been playing like so much like like twice a week three times a week kenny and i get together sometimes just the two of us like hey mm. let's really break down this part and work on stuff we haven't been this like introspective into our material in a long time so it's really weird like yeah, we not having a job right now helps yeah. that for me you know right yeah yeah the really available 24 yeah. hours a day seven days a week unless you know otherwise noted it's been easy but i feel like my chops are back up like we've been playing shows regularly you know i've been playing so much guitar that you know, I'm, you know, I'm deadening strings like I've been playing them on you know, shows on, which is, it's been nice. It's been nice to kind of like get, keep, keep that active. I actually, this is a question I have for you, band member to band member. At the beginning, when we started playing together, you know, like, you, as you were saying, like, you know, like the muscle memory kicked in, which definitely happened, kind of surprised me. Have you ever like caught yourself like mentally I don't want to say sabotaging yourself, but like second guessing yourself yourself so much to where like if you would have just been like, oh no, it's it's still in there. <laughs> like much, have you ever caught those moments? Like pretty much anytime, anytime, stop, anytime I'll be like, oh no, it's not that. Oh yes, it is. And it's too late because I just fucked up a whole baseline. <laughs> pretty much anytime, pretty much anytime we go to record an album, I second guess myself whenever I'm doing scratch mm -hmm. tracks for Kirk. Whenever we play a song that we haven't played in a long time, I pretty much second guess oh, myself yeah. almost. It's been time. happening a lot, like just the last like couple months. I'll be like, mm, I don't know, I don't My know, and it's like, 
My and sometimes is, like the right things will sound wrong to me. We'll go exactly through we'll be, in a song. I'll be like, no, hang on. And like, well, I'll stop us. And I'll be like, it's this, right? And you're like, yeah, it was. And it's like, all right, cool. That's exactly what I played. It would have been fine if we would have kept going. My problem is nowadays. <laughs> but like, I wanted to catch myself to make sure before we get like seven more minutes into it, some long song or whatever. And then I forget that. Yeah, I don't know whatever my problem now is that like we'll go back to these songs and i'll be like i'll play it wrong and i'll be like i know that was wrong but it should be this way it makes more musical sense this way i'm sort of like correcting myself and it's like those happy accidents of things being like i would say maybe quote unquote not musical at the time or not like fitting it's better that it doesn't work when you and i got together kenny uh saturday saturday morning we were working on stuff and I was like, I changed the guitar part that's been apart for like six years now because I was like, I haven't been, I, I just have not been listening to you play this before. Like, oh, I could just do this one little thing and it like sounds a million times better. And just little stuff like that. Like we, we, we have ended up revisiting songs and, and kind of having not new ways to play them, but just sort of like li- listening to it with fresh ears after so long. It, it's, it's, you feel like, oh, I could do this better. I, you know, I could make this a little more dynamic here and there. It just sort of like matures with you playing, getting better at playing the song. You you hear things you could do to it. Yeah, why not let it, I mean, evolve? Why not think of them as kind of living, breathing things that are going to change and evolve and, and shift over time? I mean, these are your things that you guys created and you can do whatever you want with them. Uh, I think it's awesome that there's a possibility for them to, to shift kind of you know you're meeting them where you are today and bringing them into kind of your your current headspace i think that's great it comes from the fact that we are better off i think in a room with the three of us sort of like once we know what we're doing i think the three of us sort of are in and then we're in the, in the moment kind of band like i we could never really like capture that other than people see us play live they see a, a different version than what like a person the next night will see or the next night after that will see. I mean, I'm hope- hopefully good every time, but it's it's different. I think it's a little different every time. Like there was a time where we were changing the set every day. You you, you know, there's up until a couple of years ago, whenever, whenever, pretty much whenever we don't have a, a fill-in drummer, whenever Kirk's playing with us, we would get to the point where we'd be changing the what set. What are we going to play tonight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> a big thing. That's, you know, that that's something that not a lot of bands do. Bands don't really do that. I no, always push for that because I got bored, I think, playing the I know. That's what I was going to say. And it drives me nuts. Oh, shit, I don't remember how to play that. I was ready yeah, to play this. I want to play Master <laughs> Puppets again tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping us on our toes. And not, I mean, some bands do that, but it, it yeah, not a GM fish. band sort of way. <laughs> you beat me to it. You fucking beat me to it. But yeah, like, in, in like not a jam band way. Like no, but it's band, cool. It's, it is team. cool, especially like yeah, like no, I think it is cool. Like I like that. That's a dad thing. Or Kirk, yeah, hey, let's play. All right, and, you yeah, know, like cool. we'll be like in the hotel room and be like, give me my bass so I can lose. relearn how to fucking play that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every band. I mean, what was it? Fucking Paul Bear. When the first the, the first time that we started really doing that was when we did a little three day run with Paul Bear back before, right when they first started to kind of like get some traction. Mark wanted to hear something, right? Mark wanted to little- hear something, and we hadn't played it. And Kirk was like, "Let's just fucking do it," and we did it. And then from there on out, like we every tour, there was one tour where we played a different set every night. We didn't play the same set mm-hmm. twice. 
one tour we a couple set, stories. and then we were playing IV or half of IV the next night, and three yeah. or four other songs, and we had up. like a crazy, yeah, there was like a crazy wide sort of spectrum of material. Twenty fifteen we Europe, is that what you're talking about, Dad? Yeah. Yeah, we played Bronze Sonic in Prague. That's like the only night we played that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we we played all of it. We were late to Switzer the Swiss shows. We just we got walked on stage and just played IV front to back. Mm -hmm. We tour with bands and like, are you fucking crazy? Why do you guys do that? It's just like it's fun. Later, later years back, like it's when we have a fill-in drummer or we have like specific. We don't have like audio cues or anything but we'll run like a sample between songs or right or something and it'll just it'll flow a certain way we've we've curated a few sets before that i just think that's worked. the best way i think that that's where we kind of shine the most as far as like, yeah let's have two sets essentially the smaller the show the more apt we are to sort of throw a wild card set at you something yeah. on a bigger stage or more Whenever there's, whenever there's more we'll play money, it's for a bigger crowd, pretty much. We'll play. I mean, little, not, not play to be materialistic, but whenever there's, whenever, whenever it's like, man, we're getting paid good money for this. Like, we should take this super seriously. But then again, we've been on big stages and been fucking fucking throw one out at us, Daddy. What are we playing? Do you leave room for? Um, I mean, do you leave room to stretch out or improvise a little bit? And I guess, I guess, why I'm asking that is because. Um, you know, kind of going back and listening back to Bronze Sonic and then kind of following your trajectory, you know, through Gemini and, and Ivy, um, though I'm going to still call it four. And that's no okay. within. Also, that was our third full length, by the way. <laughs> but I was yeah. I'm trying to figure out what I missed in there. Yeah. Okay. So that actually helps clarify. I didn't that. miss anything. We're just, <laughs> we're just fucking category. We, we aren't Dewey Decimal people, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, but, you know, the, the further you guys have, have gotten, you've grown a lot since the, since those early right. days. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, in terms of just, just in terms of the, you know, I, I hate to say it because your name is Fister, but just in terms of the maturity of the music, it feels to me like you're actually making some pretty, grand statements with your with your records especially you know the last three the covers record is its own thing but you know no spirit within and and iv and gemini um mm -hmm. there's a lot going on on those records and um, there's a lot of layers there's a lot of texture and a lot of subtlety and and nuance and it's funny the last time i saw you i was talking to somebody before you played and i was kind of describing your music in that way so you know listen, I mean, really just listen. And the, and the person I was talking to said, how, how can you describe this as, as subtle and nuanced? And I said, there's so much going on here and there's actually so much space. And if you just kind of get in the middle of it, um, sure. it's, I mean, it is, it is, it, it's feeling like you guys are on this amazing kind of trajectory that is just kind of becoming kind of next level. And I'm wondering then, when you're putting your sets together, is there room in the midst of all of this to to stretch out and to to just kind of go where it takes, or are things pretty well, you know, pretty well defined, and you're not playing with a lot of, you know, like jamming or whatever live and that kind of thing. And you were kind of laughing about fish earlier, so I think I know the answer to that. But. Sure. Well, no, I mean, you know, there's definitely well, to, I guess to answer the first half, I guess um, I think when we started, we weren't we definitely weren't taking it nearly 
as seriously. I mean, we we li- literally made a conscious effort. I think after Bron Sonic, we're like, all right, cool. We we got we've got evil songs and we've got bong songs essentially. <laughs> and we were we, we were made, closest, like we were at a crossroads where we were, we were like, the closest to a jam band when we first started. Sure, yeah. It was, it was like, mean, where are we going? Are we going? Are we loading the bong, or are we, you know, are we going to hell? I feel like we were just like, well, let's go to hell. And so, like, or not not necessarily, you know, right evil devil songs or whatever the fuck, but like, I think when the jokes stop being funny to me and you, Kenny. Sure, sure. That's like yeah, because whenever- we we didn't start very seriously. We started just to kind of goof around and just put some songs out, and you know, like fucking put a unicorn on our demo. You can, you I guess, and then after that, it was like, oh, wait, we could just write some cool shit and we're actually kind of pissed off about some things. And we, we found we just found a direction pretty much. We were thinking of what are the most absurd, heavy, slow thing we Oops. can slam into the front <laughs> of this mixing board and then into Garage Band. Right. And then how absurdly many times can we do can it? Can we play it? Can yeah, we play how, it? How, how many effects can we throw on it in post? How mm. many weird samples can we put over it? And sort of like a, oh man, just messing around, that sounds like a wake riff. Or, oh man, messing around, that sounds like a sour vein riff. Or, oh man, uh, Goat Snake is back together again, and they, this is 2009. I think you know, so oh, Goat Snake's back together. They just put a new record out. Holy crap! Or like Kenny goes, Hey, have you ever heard this band, Unearthly Trance? And I had never heard them. And it's like, Oh man, this riff sort of sounds like an unearthly trance riff. And it, it sort of was like, If we really tried, it won't be just a joke. And to sort of test the waters, I think after about i don't know four or five months maybe six months accidentally became a band (laughs) accidentally wrote like a couple good things like demoed a couple good things yeah and and then just like kenny bought some gear and then i was in a band at the time that was like forcing me to play all the time so my chops were pretty good to the point where i could just sort of if I wanted to write a stoner rock metal song, I could do it. I could just knock knock something out and it wouldn't be good, but it would sort of sound like it. And then it and then it just sort of took form from can we do this into like a should we do this? And then we just agreed that we should do it. And then we I mean it went from there. Like, I mean, within a year of that, well, within about six months of that, Bruce Lamont convinced Kenny to fucking let it play a show. I even told him then. So, so, you know, like me and Marcus started this before, before we met Kirk, like we met Kirk real quick. We were we like, didn't even hey. know who was going to play drums. We didn't we, have any idea. What drummer. I remember when we decided we were going to start, I guess, taking it seriously. And like, we were it's like, Hey, we're going to actually play some live shows one day. We we're like, well, what direction we want to do? I remember like at some point being like, I don't know, somewhere between high on fire and weakling. Um, which are actually, I, had to look up, I had to look up who Weakling was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we worked with Kirk and I don't remember who it was. And it was like, hey, Kirk, you know, Kirk wants to fucking Kirk's, play some Doom stuff. And we're like, great, because. You were, who were you jamming with? He was like, the Bridge Burners were like a punk rock, pretty much punk mm-hmm. rock, hardcore style band, right, Kirk? Yeah. And then I 
Was I doing Texas Justice stuff with Bob at the time? Yes. Yeah, you and I both started around the same time doing that. But other than the Bridge Burners, were you playing with anybody before that, before us? No. So, Kirk, you were on, you joined before Bron Sonic. Yeah, I'm I'm the original drummer. <laughs> right. Yes. Whenever yeah. we... I don't know how much well, Bron Sonic was actually wrote before I joined. Mm-hmm. You guys had like some of the crappy demo stuff. Yeah. And then we just yeah, I think the, the, it out. the songs we were sending to Real you to, to do. I mean, we were. We, I remember we like you came the first day we ever like all jammed together. You like knew everything because it was just like the same riff over and over again. I think all of those songs were already kind of hashed out on your iPad, and I don't really feel like we started coming together really as a band until Infernal Paramount. I think yeah, everything everything changed. Yeah, for sure. That was the that was the the blue we bloomed out from there. That was like the moment we're like these are definitely like that was that was when we wrote actual stuff. I think the songs I think were better in the in the regard that they sounded like real songs. They didn't sound like over exaggerated caricatures of doom metal songs. There was uh, not a lot of thought put into the beginning, but then like it was like you know if if we do think about this, we do think about writing an actual cool song being more mute being more musical about it uh ultimately is is what drove us into actually like taking it more seriously and to end up sounding better and like whenever whenever things sound better you want to do better it motivated us to just keep on pushing forward with it i think every every new record we try to approach something try to give something new to the game and still try to sound old like, I think that's the cliche, uh, cliche, a lot of bands, either they try to completely change their sound or they just write the same record over and over again. I, I think that there's some merit to bands that say, well, we try to mix a little bit of both new and old. That's where we're, that's where we're at. I'd agree with that. At this point, I think there's a sort of a voice that we have as a band that if we sort of, we wrote it, you could tell that it's us that wrote it. Like, I think there's something that, I don't want to say that we don't sound like any other bands because we definitely sound like a lot of bands, but not in a not in like a sort of uh alchemist putting together ingredients sort of way i don't think we wear those influences so hard on the music you don't really hear i don't really think you really hear the band's influences that we have in the music so much i think i think early on you could hear it i think on bronze sonic you could hear yeah where you guys were coming from and i think now i i mean like you said you found your own voice i think you're definitely doing ourselves off at this point (laughs) exactly you know (laughs) i I, I, I feel like i can't write a riff unless it's got to have three different influences behind it you know what i mean that's that's just not not a real thing that i think about but like if i'm writing something i i would feel like i want it to sound like this but i don't want it but i want to cloak it in in this it's almost like a three to four degrees of influence behind something that I'm mm-hmm. trying to write whenever I come up with riffs and Kenny, you know, and Kirk too, at the same time, like all three, you know, there's no, no, no like real final say on, on how things are, are written too. I mean, like everyone has equal input as far as that goes. Like no one just fully writes the song. Side B of IV, me and you, when Kenny went to the bathroom and the practice space, yeah. later he comes back and, uh, it's still one of my favorite things that we wrote. Coming back, coming back to just jamming too. Like, you know, I've I've just been standing there, and it'll play a riff, and then it'll turn into a whole song. Sometimes mm-hmm. we've had we've had like sets we've needed to rehearse, and then coming back from a break, playing a riff, and then we'll spend the rest of the practice writing a song. 
Dude, With everything we, that's been going on, we don't it, it stinks, but we don't have those practices where we don't have a, a deadline and we're we don't have a chance to sit there and just jam and come up with something the last few years anyway, I feel. Yeah. There we, have been a lot of I feel like we work well under pressure though, to be definitely. honest. Like not that like, I hate the pressure. I think we all do, but we get the job done. Like not trying to toot any horns, but it's like it's at this point, I mean it's I feel almost like a relief knowing that touring isn't a thing for us for a while. It's going to be for, for a lot of bands. I mean, if any band is like, and I don't, and I don't fault any band for like making tour plans or like even getting excited to gear up to tour. I mean, it's going to be a thing probably pretty soon and maybe a year from now it'll be even more, it'll be even better than it was before. I mean, vaccinations again, like it all depends on that, but it gives us again, just a little bit of a little breathing room, to sort of conceptualize stuff and like you know we're just we're an active band we're not gonna stop jamming every week there's this just not gonna have a not gonna be a thing unless we you know have don't have a reason to so i mean directionally with the content as far as no spirit within goes we we were hitting hitting like con- concepts like on the spot like oh take like Cosador for example I mean a song we don't really even play live now but like we're like oh I I had this idea of like writing a song about like what if the song was in the perspective of a predator you know of the predator you know and not a lot of people got that I don't think just until they actually heard the predator click noise on on the record people don't catch it but yeah people don't catch it which is great to me you know uh, but I mean that that's that was like a new thing for us we didn't really ever we did that a little bit on Gemini we did one song like that Sinking Estonia was a song that we I sort of was like hey I want to write a song about this and we wrote it like about it so that's kind of a newer thing to embrace so I like moving forward I, I think that's kind of a thing that I would bring to it more than I would in the past kind Coming of a lot of that concept like, you mean like a, a, a sort of a thematic yeah, not even so much for the whole record. For but a like, song, though, more than like a whole album, because I feel yeah. like we can kind of get locked into concept. I don't want to say like every album has a fucking a full on concept. We I think since IV, we've kind of tried to stray away from full on concept album idea. But but yeah. song concepts, I, I do like, you know, like that will come up with it's like this song's about this this song's about yeah, this rather than it's, it, it's easy it, rather it, than homer's the odyssey the record again and again and again yeah. which a lot of bands do no, and there's no fault to it i mean like it can be awesome you know like my goal is to write like a two minute long song that that feels like it's 10 minutes long yeah in a good way right because <laughs> yeah. that's where i can see that's where on I paper that see. sounds awful it does. <laughs> that's what i'm saying fister i mean there's not much yeah, death, on, the, death. I, I, yeah. on the surface there's not much to scratch through but that's that's again right. like i mean again conceptualizing stuff like from like well we have this being forced to be locked down and stuff i mean like we've had to approach this sort of hands on everything like now I get to like conceptualize records from the ground up in a different way. Like we're not mm-hmm. like doing a touring cycle or we don't have a label deadline or there's, right. you know, this, this show coming up or that show coming up or mm-hmm. these obligations, those obligations are all gone. Everything's wiped clean. Every band starting from zero, every band that is not every band that's, you know, that's other than, you know, doing the live stream thing, which is awesome, which I think more bands should be doing music video media anyways i think that there's not enough good video of some bands 
and like stuff like hate five, six is awesome. I like that. Like that's getting out there. I think that's going to be, that sort of stuff is becoming more popular, like high definition video of bands playing. That's just going to be cool. I mean, even though if it is in their practice space or at a little, you know, mm-hmm. at an empty venue or on the floor of a bar that they play at or something like that, like going forward, that's pretty cool. Like I think that's giving more people an idea of, of way to see it without seeing it until live music sure. in person is a safe thing to do again. Well, let's talk about this thing you have coming up then on the 24th. What can you say about it? It's new. It's, I don't know. Like, I mean, the concept has obviously been there all fucking year, if not before yeah. that. But like, there's a lot yeah, of stuff. Like, it's, there's, a, there's a crew of people that's, other than us, there's like a crew of people. Uh, so it's a, it's a live stream. It's, it's actually going to be a live stream. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so we were invited a couple times to do some, some things and we weren't really able to do them at the time. Like I know like Chris Terry from wake was like, Hey, I want you guys to do a set for mutants. But at the time we weren't, we like, I remember when he first asked me, I was like, dude, I haven't even seen our drummer since December or whatever. Like, you know, I haven't even had a band practice yet. Yeah. It was like, we literally, we are completely unprepared to do anything like that right now. It's like, we talked about maybe doing one of those, like, like a zoom thing where we all play in our own channel and we're like, maybe, and we weren't super interested in doing some kind of full on virtual live thing just because like the whole setup, it just didn't, it seemed like a big pain in the ass and like there was room for so much error and for it to not convey right and there's i feel like there's so much that we like so much energy off of all the three of us that we get off you know just in the live room that yeah won't work then later uh, a friend of mine was like hey i'm working for this company and um we're doing like just big shit like it's like they've got three hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment type stuff and he's like i work for these guys that do live events and we're all out of work and you know we need something to do and we're like so we just kind of worked out a deal where we're just like well we'll just split up the money (laughs) you know and then like we just started kind of getting things rolling we got sponsors and we're like well what if we you know do shirts for the event and we'll just you know we'll just throw it all in the pot like it's for everybody like like going to a show without going to a show yeah. And so like, I mean, the guy that's doing the lights has done lights for us for a lot of our bigger shows in town and my brother's filming it. And, you know, they've got like fucking like seven GoPros that'll yeah, have not, be It's not going to be in our practice space. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's one thing. It's like, okay, we're just going like, to not gonna be like having headphones on in a, in a studio somewhere. Right. It's not going to be stale. It's going to be very not stale. If I could, mm-hmm. if I could allude to anything, it will feel like a live show. I hope it feels like a live show. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's the concept. Like that's really, I mean that's what we're really like. It's really, I'm really going to be playing the drums. I just think it's the, the production wise, it's going to be like the biggest thing we've ever done. I I still feel a little overwhelmed by just like the the whole the the scope of how big it. I mean, like it's going to be us. And we're going to, you know, we're all going to get COVID tests. Cause I mean, we've been in our practice space practicing with masks on and shit, yeah. but like we're going to be in there and we're going to get like tested that week. So we can actually like scream into the microphone and not be all, but like, there's going to be like 
seven dudes in the room like like a sound guy and a light guy and cameramen and production people and yeah stuff. and there's gonna be like a video wall and like there's it's like in like but then there's like it'd be zero crowd right. <laughs> you know like we're gonna not, we're gonna be playing for lenses which it's, it's just like yeah it's just it's it's kind of surreal I mean, we, me, we played like, for zero crowds before, so. Sure, sure, yeah, but we, nobody was watching. <laughs> It'd be rigged up like a live yeah, show, yeah. like with PA and everything. Like it's just yeah, it's it's if it's. If you were like, in the room, you would be getting the full experience. You would hear everything as it would be a live show. Yeah, and, and people are yeah. like buying tickets and yeah, and merch and like they're and it's cool because it's like it's it's not just for us at this point it's like okay it's literally going to like our sound guy and our light guy and like it's yeah. just really cool knowing that like there's like industry pros are working on this with us and it's just like it it, it feels very communal and it's in the way cool. that a big event like that would be distributed among the people people being paid for their work that's that's what it's going to be like in mm -hmm. in the long run when it's all said and done and that yeah like like seriously like we have like these zoom meetings with all these guys you know, aside from the fact that the three of us are getting together like two times a week or three times a week or whatever, like we're literally like behind the scenes, like I'm talking to the guy that that runs the company about is like, okay, well, we'll, you know, do a social media blast about this or, you know, and then Marcus is talking to the the guy doing the video wall. It's like, okay, well, this song, we need this stuff going on. And it's just like, there's so much behind the scenes work and everybody's excited to work on it and it's i don't know it's just it's it's just a, it's a lot which is great but it's still like it's just like holy shit like i think by the time people actually like tune in they're gonna be like yeah uh, all the shit. all the lead up all the uh all the mm. technical stuff the logistical stuff feels like what's leading up to will be well worth the talk it's baking it's baking it's like i mean like it's yeah. it's what they say cooking is an art and baking is a science it's like seriously like everything is baking right now or it'll fall apart in the fucking either way it's gonna be awesome yeah i think it's gonna really like not that like i'm like looking for it to project us anywhere but i i feel like just it's gonna be so fucking crazy like yeah just like everything that, that i know about it is just like wow this is gonna be nuts far beyond know? what we've ever been put forth as far as we've always handled our own production you know you've seen us andrew like with yeah. your own lights the fog you know we're a pretty we're always a, a three-person operation to have extra hands in this stuff has just been super like the potential has been pretty good getting treated like a bigger like a bigger band than we are mm. uh in this re regard like it's like so the kind of stuff that you'd see on like a big production tour but it's going to be this uh, is our live at pompeii for real like exactly, it's, yeah like, yeah it's gonna that's what we kind of sort of it's gonna have like a sort of indoor live at pompeii feel to it where you have some visual stuff going on that that we just could not do ourselves you have to have other elements uh involved it will be very unique as far as as far as what we've been involved with we've never done anything like this before there's that element of just it could just fucking <laughs> work. the human element is strong video, video wall doesn't you know, work 
<laughs> right. Yeah. There's so much room for, I, I, they, they've got their shit down, man. Like they've sent us like little snippets of videos and they've got like the whole setups and everything, you know, like they, they, they're used to, you know, doing like, you know, Hey, like the sound guys fucking ran in ears for Huey Lewis or whatever. I'm not necessarily, but you know, shit like that. Like they've, they've done such so many like big, like events in the park and, you know, like mobile, you know, big, big, like 4th of July events and shit like that, you know, stuff where there's like a hundred thousand people. Right. You know, so now they're doing things on like an incredibly smaller scale. Yeah. I have, I have all the faith in the world in these guys. They're, they're just awesome. Well, I think, and they're good people and they're out of work. And so it's just like, it's cool. It's just like, Hey, we're all in this together. Every ticket sold is gonna, you know, we're, we're splitting that shit up and you know, like every shirt and every yeah. Blu-ray. Also, there's gonna be a fucking Fister Blu-ray. Who would have, you know, like and and the Blu-ray is gonna be a recording of the show. Of the yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, I don't know, it feels good just knowing that it's like it's not just you know, us each making a few hundred bucks, like those dudes are, are all gonna be able to get something. And and it's still not, you know, enough com- compared to what they're missing and, you know, not being able to work in the live music industry right now. Sure. And the only re- way we'd be able to be doing this right now is if we're all like fucking some unemployed sound guys and light techs and cameramen and yeah, all of that shit. We're, yeah, we're lending our, we're lending what reach we have to their expertise is sort of kind of like they're they're get, they're lending their expertise to our popularity. You know what popularity we have is going to be, you know, not dependent on how good we play this. You know, this event. Right. It's right. going to be more much more dependent on the cause. You know what I mean? Well, and here's the other thing, right? You know, I've I've paid for a, you know two or three live stream events since this has happened, and I've been on the fence. Do I want to do this? Do I not? You know, it's just, I mean, you can watch any video anytime you want at, at this point. It's not special, but I went ahead and did it. And each time I've been really happy that I did it because it makes it, it's like I'm realizing as I'm watching this, that this is happening right now. This is being produced in this crazy time when nothing is normal. And like, I'm here getting a dose of live music and it's not as good as it would be if we were in the same room, but it's as good as it's going to get right now. And it's and, and, and what these bands have done, I mean, they've done things to make it special. They've done things to make it feel like, you know, it is an actual event. And that actually means a lot to me right now as just a fan, you know, as just someone who loves music, that that there's effort being put into it and that it feels that much more special. And so just from a, 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 a fan's perspective, an appreciator's perspective, you know, it's awesome that this is happening so i i saw that on facebook and that's when you know i reached out to kenny and said hey let's have a conversation about this because we all kind of need this right now i'm I'm hearing you guys need it and your community needs it and we as 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 fans um totally yeah we need this too Um, you know think think of it like this like think like you know like when we like book a tour, there's so much work that goes into it. You know, I mean, obviously like Ethan does a lot of that leg work as far as booking and lining up all that stuff. But like, you know, we put so much energy into, you know, promoting the tour and then we go out and we drive to each show and we're playing the shows and all that and we're out for a month or whatever. And now it's just like all our eggs are just in that one. It's just like the one show and it's like, it's not like, 
in front of an audience well in the normal way so it's just like we're just putting that energy i mean there's so much work going into it and it's like we're just putting it all into one thing it's giving people we'll put that kind of work into like a like a month's worth of shows and now it's just going all into maybe even a couple years i mean with the european reach and you know the Mm -hmm. worldwide reach is we've been told there's people overseas that are going to be involved that are going to that have have, you know gotten tickets and stuff so far so oh yeah yeah for sure we're we're cramming cramming in a lot we're making up a lot of ground yeah in a short way it's relatively low effort other than the, the practice that we put in to make to perfecting the set you know um it's i just would been, not say anything about this is low effort <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of effort on everybody I, I mean other, well what i'm saying is uh, us being our band and us rehearsing right. and us doing our normal thing will manifest sure. itself in us yeah, going yeah, and performing yeah, yeah. this thing and, and on our part, it's really low effort because that's what we do. That's all we got to do. These, these, right. you know, there's a lot of factors that go into our, you know, that don't go into a regular of us just walking into the place and playing music. It's going to be, you know, right. very hands-on from a lot of different perspectives in a lot of different ways. You're saying of, that, the, of, uh, that, the, the, that the actual getting together and playing music, that part is the easy part. That's the easy uh, part. Right. Yeah, that's what. Sure. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, sorry, I misunderstood, but yeah, yeah. Us being us is pretty yeah. easy. You know, that's what we're, all we got to do is we're just gonna be drink us some beer and, and play some, yeah, and play some beer. It's going to be the best version <laughs> of us we can be. Because, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, we're going to have, you know, people paying to watch this. So, like, it's, again, taking it, like I mentioned earlier, big venue, nice production. You got to take, taking it very, you know, seriously to the point where, like, curate some stuff we've got a game plan this is the largest production production we've been a part of mm-hmm. we've never shot in a professional music video where we've been on site you know all of our music videos before have been like compiled video footage that's in the practice iphone 7 with a yellow filter yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or or you know or the the video for uh, our song i am kuru that was a nightmare force that was you know filmed on location in california that was a production that we weren't even involved with you know uh no no live performance involved in that one like in life like kirk mentioned life is short was kenny's iphone set up in different parts of our practice space as we listened to our song on the PA and played the song. Like, you know, it's the only music video we've ever shot, you know, performance-wise as a band. This Are you going to do anything else with the Blu-ray? That is, uh, we, that is to be seen. We, uh, we, uh, we don't, we don't quite have an answer for that. We don't, we're not quite willing to answer that question just yet. Okay. There's a lot of stuff that's going on with it. Uh, cool. It's going to be pretty cool. Really, it's been really in-depth. Even in the studio, like we've tried to be pretty like hands on and do as much as we can do within reason to make it sound like we would make records want to sound, regardless of other musicians that we bring in. It's just us and Gabe, you know, who records us. You know, there's a very small circle of parties involved. This is there's just so many other people involved with this beyond like I mean, even work with labels and manage management, booking agents, production people, or like a, a publicist. That kind of stuff still is disjointed and it's one-on-one you deal with just your publicist you deal with just your product you know you deal with just your booking agent you deal with just your your manager just your label person this is an all-encompassed big thing that people are coming to us for like how do you guys want to do this how do you guys want it how what is going to make you guys comfortable we're being uh i guess squired by these these people to be our best 
anything that, that is involved with, with our band, they're, they're, they're highlighting the, the bombastic parts of each aspect of the band, uh, visually, musically, you know, all live amps, we're bringing in the big rig, we're going to be very, very loud. It's going to be like a real show, as much as a real show can be without it, without people being there. We're, we're getting treated like a huge band, <laughs> much more huge than, than I feel like we are. Uh, that we deserve, right? Yeah, like I mean, we just, but it's it's even it, like it, the sponsors it, involved are it's nuts. I mean, yeah, like, you know, yeah. People are coming. Florian does a lot of stuff for us. Yeah, Jameson is throwing money at it. Like it's just like you know, which great, you know, like thank you, <laughs> but but it's just like it's way. Yeah, with everything way that's going into it, I don't think anybody is going to be shortchanged. That's exactly, oh, yeah. Sure. The world, I agree 100%, good. but I'm just saying, yeah, that's just the scope of how big this is. Yeah. is this just, will be our biggest show. It's and, like a juicy fucking set, too. I mean, like, we got, like... It's a motherfucker. 90 minutes of music, like... Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be, be a doozy. <laughs> if I was a fan of our band, I would be physically exhausted if we played this live in front of me. Also, we're going to be physically. I'm going to be physically exhausted <laughs> playing this live. Yeah, it's gonna, I'm going to be at the practice space, and it's like, fuck. Like we talk about, like, oh man, you know, hey, we'll go back and we'll do that one again when we're done with the rest of them. And then at the end of it, it was just like, let's just, I'll see you guys in a couple of days, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a big, big old set. Like I think we we played this long a set like once or twice, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever played this long on a set. I, I want to. Didn't we do ninety minutes in Detroit once, like on a Tuesday at like two a.m. And by the end of it, there were like two people left. Oh, <laughs> but that wasn't something we had planned. I just kept saying, "Let's play this song." <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, you were fucking ripping it up. Fog Fogger was like out of juice by the end of it. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> We've never, I mean, like, planned out anything like this extensive. Like, I feel like this is going to be like one of those, uh, one of those like old VHS tapes I got when I was in high school, like that Rizzi's Machine tape that had like all the performances of the songs on it, and like, you know, the Pantera live tape and shit that you know that everyone had, you know, growing up. Like, just that sort of like has a home video quality to it, but it'll be like a something that like you could watch, you could put on, and like crack a beer and just watch if you were like a fan of our band you could you know it would be like a enjoyable sort of thing to to kind of keep we've never had a proper live recording other than the good friday tape which is we were hammered i mean fucking <laughs> obliterated and it was a, a one mic in the back of a room this is you know i mean it's going to be properly everything's going to be properly mic'd up mixed you know quality the sound quality will be i would imagine album quality I we know the people involved, you know, we've heard some of their work before and it sounds incredible. It just sounds like it just sounds like a band is playing like it doesn't have that weird sort of like on the nose mixing board like sound. It has a real like warm yeah. like live room quality to it. I they they make use of the space like very well. Yeah. I mean, it's their it's their headquarters pretty much. I mean, like they've you know they've had to make do this or well, last year i guess with you know what's going on so they just pretty much made their their storage warehouse a sound stage i think they were using it as one as well for other things i think they were shooting some music videos for for bands and whatnot but like so they're just really they're just you know just like everybody they're just 
how can we make to, business? How can we keep this business alive? Essentially, you know, like trying to and, change the paradigm. Everyone's, you know, like again, new careers, new, new avenues, a new hustle here and there. Happen, if you can yeah. do anything. Everyone's, everyone's like in survival mode, and I think everyone's sort of like coming out of this. I think even the people involved in this in this production are going to be like doing this sort of thing more. And yeah, I, yeah. They have a, such a great crew. I mean, like AC, great crew. It's, 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 it's like it's, they, they've got if all these ever, dudes. If we could have like a tractor trailer, like Texas World Tour, ZZ Top style, <laughs> like hundred day, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, hunt thousand brown M and M's in a brandy glass style rider, big ass tour. This like, would be our crew. Right? This would be our crew, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's the kind of professionalism that's being brought to it, and yeah. we're getting spoiled, man. Like I'm, I'm like really like kind of like hoping we could do this like once a year. That'd be really cool. And kind of like, I don't think that these guys would be the right crew for like a big Metallica production, but they would for Megadeth. <laughs> <laughs> they're that. Exactly. I won't throw Metallica, but they're they're Megadeth. <laughs> they're good enough for Megadeth. They're good enough for Fister. Just they, they, these guys will eat. Apple. I don't know if they're going to be able. To have, I don't know if they have enough mics for every single person in the symphony orchestra. That was at San Francisco. I don't know what hall that was, but they could do a Megadeth thing real <laughs> real well <laughs> they're, not do, they're not doing sdm but they'll definitely do uh they'll definitely do five rust in peace 2020 <laughs> absolutely so uh, just to kind of wrap up this part i have one other thing i wanted to ask you guys about but um as far as this goes this again is going to be on uh january 24th and they can go to your facebook page to get more information and that's 11 a.m your time which is super early i realize yeah brunch i'll be we wanted to make it to where pretty much everybody in the world's awake for i mean there's no time that's perfect but you know like in europe it'll be around like 8 p.m in the uk it'll be around 7 p.m it here in on the East Coast, it'll be two. Here at home in, in St. Louis, it'll be one. You know, we're just trying to find that sweet spot, and which is also no, why we're doing it. On the Except people in Australia. Yeah, and I think in maybe Asia. I, I'm not really sure what the time. We try to make it as yeah. accessible a time zone for our fans as possible. No, it's going to be in bed. It's going to be like a, a, a daytime event in the U.S., evening time thing in, in Europe. Will people have the ability to like stream it later? Like yes, multiple. I think they're gonna have the streaming ability for a week. Okay, a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah and that's if it's the ten dollar ticket or what. You'll have a link, and then the people who if and then also there's the there's a, an option to have the download too. So even if if you get the download, you'll immediately have the download link for it too. Right, but yeah, if you just get how like long the download be available, which. That's something the ACAV. I think probably. it's just for that week. I think they'll they'll keep it available to where people can stream whenever they want for a week, and then they can still buy the packages and all that. Yeah, stuff yeah. That. The, the package stays available. Like if you don't buy it before it premieres, you can buy it and stream it right. a week later for like a week. Yeah, yeah. And then we start printing them and shipping them off and all that good stuff. But yeah, um, you get the ten dollar ticket. You can and and you can't make it to that event or whatever or to that that exact time you, you have all week. Okay. All right. Good. 
Okay, I had one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Kind of silly. The uh, Decades of Depression record, right? You covered a bunch of songs. And the one song I wanted to ask about is uh, the Danzig cover, How the Gods Kill, right? Obviously, that has that has Ava from church doing vocals. And um, I'm a big fan of her. And she just crushes it on that song. But I had heard that you guys approached John Christ about, I would assume, playing some guitar on that record. And when I heard that, I realized that I've had no, I have no idea what that guy's doing. And I was a huge Danzig fan. I saw that original band a bunch of times back in the late 80s and the early 90s. And he was amazing. And that band has never been anything close to, you know, what what they were back on those first four records. So when I heard first you guys, had, records, yeah. when I heard you guys had reached out to to uh, John Christ, I was really interested in hearing that story and uh, what happened. So John Christ is, you know, John Christ. He's, you know, fucking guitar god. <laughs> I don't remember what originally I stumbled upon. He's got like a teaching website or something. Well, real and... quick, Kenny, I, I'll let you continue real quick. But we were, this is another driving in the van conversation that we had. <laughs> I feel like, yes, okay. And and this was, this was in Europe. We were driving on the way, we were in the UK, I think. And it was like, between one of the yes. two of the crappy shows in the UK. And, and we were deciding what music to listen to. And Ava wanted to listen to uh, Danzig. And we listened to all of Danzig one and then Lucifuge and then Danzig three started because it was a kind of one of the longer drives in the UK. And mm -hmm. she was like, man, I'd love to cover this song one day. And we're like, we, we would talked about what song did you guys, did you want to cover Kirk before that? You wanted to cover. I don't remember. You were the Mark. I don't when, remember. It was a couple years ago. We played like, uh, it was some show we were going to cover. I can't remember what it was. We were going to cover. We were going to cover. Do you wear the mark at, at Psycho? And then we that's did. What, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, we, we were talking. We were talking to them about that, and she was like, "I want to cover How the Gods Kill." I think I. I think way back then I wanted to cover when Death Had No Name. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, but even before we discussed How the Gods Kill, we talked about John ripping a solo. For a new record, for a new that's what it was. Yeah, that's so we 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 had talked about contact. Like, what if we just like we were gonna it? write so we were gonna write something with John. Yeah, we were gonna we write. Like, yeah, we were gonna write. Decade of depression was just gonna be. I think we were gonna try to do. We were gonna try to do a double LP, and we were like, okay, one LP will be new stuff, and then the other LP will be old songs re-recorded, and then we'll have John Christ. Well. We asked, we'll ask John Christ if he <laughs> would rip a guitar solo yeah. on this record because it's like because I found his number online or something or his email or something. He's like, I think yeah, I he's like a public, he's like a public dude. He's not like yeah. private at all. He's so I emailed him and he like called me. <laughs> <laughs> or he was like, Yeah, call me. And I called him and I remember I was like, I was talking to my wife. I was in bed. It was like 10 p.m. here and like we were just like watching TV in bed. And I was like, oh fuck, that's what it was. He emailed me. He's like, yeah, do you have time to call me? I was like, for sure. And I was like, I'll be right back. And then I fucking call John Christ. And so I call him and we're talking on the phone, like we're buds. And it's like, 
Well, turns out he's got like an aunt that lives like a mile from me. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm in town once a year, typically for Thanksgiving or whatever. And, you know, I'd love to come by your bar and we can talk more about it. Maybe we can do some stuff. And we're like, okay, cool. So anyways, long story short, like the, the, the stars didn't align. And then we, we started talking about maybe doing more covers. And then we remembered Ava wanted to do how the gods kill. And we were like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Because that's, that's one of my favorite Danzig songs. And we, you know, we can't sing it, you know, yeah. like, like who, who's going to sing that song? Who, what the fuck, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Shit? We're not going to, we're not going to be able to pull off Danzig. We're not going to just scream it like that's, you know, so we were like, let's fly Ava in. Little, I think the best idea we had. They will pay for that, thank God. Yeah, they did. And they um, thought it was a good idea. Which it was part of our recording budget or whatever, but still, like, we pretty much based the whole idea. We're like, we scrapped every other idea. We're just like, we're making a cover record and it's going to be based around this cover. And so that's where we're like, okay, well, what else are we going to cover? Well, we did the Punch and Stench cover in the past. We'll do that, which was supposed to actually be pretty much like a pungent stench hellhammer um we were gonna put those songs together and the labels like you can't take those kinds of liberties with other people's songs like legally we have we have a mix we have a mix separate. of them as yeah. one song and it's fucking rad it's cool it's like a really cool mm-hmm. thing but the label said there's no way we can't, if we can't do that. Out. We can't be like, this is this song and this song, and it's just too much. I don't somehow, know, I somehow merging two songs together violates the intellectual property of both songs. And, yeah. and the at least in Europe, I don't know. Yeah, we don't. And that's the thing, too, with, with that record, with Decade of Depression, there's no way we could have done it without the support of the label. I like, think we you just can't file the paperwork because you can't you can't file paperwork of two songs as one song. You're like, it right. doesn't work. Well, however that is, but either There's way, no we wouldn't paperwork. We wouldn't have been able to do a cover record without the support of a label being able to do the Pay fucking. Those, yeah. And just, yeah, just, you know, like not even just like paying Lars Ulrich to be able to hit a bell, but like <laughs> just the whole, just like the red tape and all that. We're, we're not sure. I mean, I'm sure we're smart enough, but we're not smart enough to keep up with that shit. We'd fuck around and get ourselves in trouble or, or have to just give it away. And not that we're not making any money on that shit. I think that record, I think we sell a copy of that record at a show i think we're lucky to make like four or five bucks on it you know it's just there's so many royalties getting paid out there's so they cost so much for us and it's yeah it's an import it's just you know there's i'm just when i say we're glad we were able to put out this record playing these songs yeah but yeah we're not making any money on it. <laughs> we toyed with the idea of putting it out ourselves but it just we couldn't do it there's no way like there's just you know, like just we'd have to, we'd have to. I mean, we'd have to literally like give them away <laughs> in order to not get in trouble. Like we'd have to make zero money on it to be able to make it work. It would have to be a digital release. We'd have to finance the recording ourselves. We'd have to finance it all ourselves and then just give it away digitally for free. We're not above that. We've done that many times before, but it's just right. easier when someone else is paying for it. Exactly. Yeah. 
thank you, Listenable Records. You guys have been very wonderful to us. <laughs> Letting us do, they didn't want to do it also, by the oh, way. They didn't want to do it. That's the best part. I was like, hey, we well, want to do a cover record. I don't think like, so. We just, it's like, we haven't even recouped off your first record and you want to fucking do a cover album? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and yeah, Lorenz, just that cool. He's like, all right, let's do it. And we're like, well, we want John Christ to fly out. And he's like, I'm not paying for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure he wasn't going to do it for free either. So, right. Oh, right. So yeah, I don't think we even got into in, into that scope oh. of it either. We were just like, do you want to do it? And he's like, yes, I want to do it. <laughs> cool. And then, yeah, we didn't get any further than that. But he heard the song and he loved it. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I emailed, I emailed it to him. I didn't even tell him we were doing it. I emailed it yeah. to him after. He's like, guess what we did? <laughs> hey, guess what you're going to get a cut of? <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. Fucking Rick Rubin might. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Well, cool. I appreciate you guys taking time to sit down and just kind of catch up. You know, this is not sort of the typical uh, podcast episode that sort of doesn't follow my format at all but at this point it it, it really doesn't matter um right. <laughs> just connecting with you guys and and saying hello and hearing about how it's been for you and kind of what what you've got cooking um i think has been pretty great so thanks man mm-hmm.